and welcome. My name is Jaron, and I'm a web guy, webmaster, uh, sound engineer, all-around geek. I fit in wherever the cracks are that need to be filled. And today uh, we're talking with Pastor Miller, Pastor Murray Miller. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you've heard the sermons. And there's always something, well, first of all, they're very practical, I've noticed, and they're very insightful in in practical ways that help us with our daily Christian life. So someone listening to these might assume that perhaps you're uh, from a family of pastors, like your dad was a pastor, your your grandpa, and so on. Um, was Is that the way it was, or is it more? <laughs> no. Um, I mean, years ago, my uncles on my, my grandma's side were pastors. And in fact, I went to church for a little while there as a child, and then it seemed to skip a generation. Mm. So uh, my mother and her siblings, it basically... Some of them went to church on and off, but mostly um, there wasn't a whole lot of church going at the time. And so I, I grew up with seeds of Christianity, but not really um, not really a, a consistent Christian life. Mm. Yeah. Some would call me pre-Christian, probably. So from that, you kind of went just, you saw Christianity, but you didn't, or you saw some parts of it, but you didn't see enough to dedicate your life to it at that point. Yeah, I mean, I saw people like my grandfather and others who obviously lived it. But in my daily life, um, when you're dealing with um, violence at home between parents Mm -hmm. and you're dealing with a change of school, for instance, I changed from a country school, safe, relatively safe environment to an environment of drug dealing and things like that at the public school system where I moved to and violence there. You're, You're pretty much going from being somewhat innocent in mindset to being placed right into violent environments all around you. Right into the thick of things. Yeah. yeah. And so those little seeds that were planted along through like Bible stories, Bible readings from different people mm-hmm. didn't take root mainly because of the environment they were in at the time. And for me, it was also a choice that I made at a certain point um, to not allow them to take root. Hmm. What? Why didn't what led to that choice to uh, not let them? Well, basically, when you see the same drug dealing, fighting people at school, going to church, mm. and the fight, the fighting mentality doesn't stop, nothing really changed because they're going to church. So after church now, you've got to deal with people who want to fight with you. Wow. Or at church. So it, it really, the, if that was Christianity, which I don't think it is, it didn't permeate their lives enough to change them beyond, even at the place or after after they left the place. So to me, that was a discrepancy where it didn't meet their lives. It really didn't change. And I thought to myself, I really don't want part, any part of that. All right. So basically, if they don't believe the words that are written on the paper, if it doesn't affect them, then what's the point? Yeah, if church doesn't go beyond the walls to somehow change these people's lives, then I, I really don't want anything to do with it. Mm. Well, obviously, God had some other plans for your life other than <laughs> remaining disillusioned for the rest of it. Yeah. So, um, what happened? Basically, I saw I saw the direction my life was going. That after a while of disconnecting from God altogether, in other words, in essence, coming to grips with the fact that I'm okay with going down a darker path. 
Mm. Um, I saw eventually the fruit of that path, and I thought, well, actually, I'm becoming more like the people that I was rejecting. And then I compared that to other people that were, I knew were churchgoers, for instance, my grandfather, who would literally, I mean, just anytime you needed something, he'd be there for you. And I thought to myself, there's, there's obviously a difference, and I know the path I'm going down now is miserable, and so maybe I should consider uh, this. Maybe there's, maybe it's a true path, it's just a matter mm-hmm. of how you live it. And so I decided to give it a shot, and that's where I found peace. So you went from being disillusioned to now you're a pastor and trying to get other people connected with Jesus with actually following him. Yeah, because there's um, there's a thing called natural church development that identifies quality characteristics of churches. And one of the lowest quality characteristics in many churches is loving relationships, mm. lack of love. It's a little surprising, isn't it? Yeah. And in fact, uh, in the top 10, the Seventh-day Adventist Church it didn't fall on in the top, even in the top 10 as far as the most loving Ooh, ouch. in North America. So my desire was, you know what? I don't want anybody to experience the type of thing that I experienced where there was a lack of love in the church. As much as possible, I want to try to figure out a way to connect the members and myself to a loving source so that way we can be like the, uh, the ideal that I saw in people like my grandfather. So basically a 180 degree turn and from disillusion to now pastor, I'm sure there's a whole story behind that, which sure. we can maybe go into another time. Um, but you mentioned something about um, churches, and and so I was thinking maybe the, the vision for our church and how that's affected the sermons, if we can maybe talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, if you recall, 2014, we had uh, a thing called Vision Quest, mm-hmm. and that's something that develop, has developed over time in my ministry. Um, in the last roughly o- over nine years, I've seen churches uh, go from being really cold, um, feeling, in and in their own words, they say they're unloving, mm. to all of a sudden they feel bubbly and joyful and happy. And, and, I, and I began to look back and see how that took place. And it really took place when I was facilitating the church connecting with God. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just my vision or my mission, because our mission statement that we have in a way, it was written by some young people here at the church. Mm. Um, it was yeah. declaring to each individual their eternal value. The young people looked at the story of the prodigal son, and I said, well, why did he come home? And they said, well, because they knew their dad loved them and valued them. So right. that developed into part of that mission statement. And then mm. that's not the end, though. We want them to prepare for a soon return. So that was voted on at our Vision Quest session. And then they said, well, how do we do that? And several, I mean, quite a few of the groups put down a beautiful quotation from Ministry of Healing that said, you know, you identify, pretty much you draw near to people, you meet mm-hmm. their needs, and then you bid them come follow me. And it was more detailed than that. Yeah. But basically that's that was the direction the church saw themselves going, was how to fulfill the mission. It was They saw themselves being people who met the needs, and then and then they asked people to follow Jesus. So. Right. That that's, tends to be the most effective way. Yes. Yeah. You know, anyone can talk, but then when they see that you actually care about them, and then why do you care about them? Because, I mean, there isn't a lot of caring in the world right now. Yeah. Uh, love has basically grown cold. And even for myself, I've noticed in, in some ways, yeah. and I'm not as, in some ways that love has grown cold in my heart. And, 
you know, so I, get, I guess the solution, well, of course, the solution would be to connect with the source of that, which is God. Yeah, and that's what I began noticing. And so when this church mentioned they would like to move forward uh, following God by faith and the board approved my project for my doctoral research, I was really looking back at experiences and, and documenting how that took place. And I looked broader into other faiths um, and also looked in around our North American division mm-hmm. and saw there was actually a process that was somewhat designed from that text, the Ministry of Healing. Mm. So, yeah, and I thought, well, the, the groundwork then has to be to be a loving church. They have to be connected with Christ. So that's where you'll see the sermonic calendar changing this year. Mm. Uh, it'll be familiar, and then it'll, it'll change in a way. It'll go from being connected to eventually, all right, we're connected. Let's connect with others. I know recently we did the Iceberg Chronicles, yeah. which was a sort of four or five part mm-hmm. sermon series. What, what was the uh, motivation behind that? Basically, as I looked at the sermonic calendar for the year, I said, you know what? There are things that are being introduced, uh, even in, in a loving Adventist church, that could get us away from Christ or sever a connection from Christ. So by the time I got to the fall, typically in the fall season, you're dealing with Adventist heritage sermons. Right. And I thought, all right, we'll deal with it an Adventist heritage focused the history of our church, but we're going to deal with it in a way that says, here's some things that are taking it could take us away from Christ or, or disconnect us from Christ. So when I talked about the Iceberg Chronicles, the goal was to use Jesus to deal with each one of those issues, creation, mm-hmm. uh, um, well, pan- uh, the, the misuse of the Bible, pantheism, all of that. I tried to put mm-hmm. Jesus in, the, in his place to deal with each one of those so that we could see if we continue staying connected with him we could even deal with those issues so that's how I kind of capped off the year with the Adventist heritage mm. yeah. yeah and it fits because him being like well the answer to it all because he is the um, the true well true and faithful witness he is the true one and all the others are well basically they're in a, there's an attempt from other uh, perspectives and points of view to achieve what God offers yes. in uh, in a simpler way many times you know than than the way that we try to do it ourselves through you know, whatever rituals and uh, and uh, sort of dead end roads yeah yeah and I think you know as you watch the sermonic calendar this year it's going to be familiar we'll do the 10 days of prayer It'll have a prayer, there'll be a prayer service in January. Then you'll start noticing a couple special Sabbaths in January. And then from there, it goes the whole first quarter, February, March, and part of April will go into staying connected. And it'll, it'll mm. hit that theme from a, some different scriptures in the life of Christ. Mm. And then from there, you'll see that the, the calendar kind of, sermonic calendar changes into, all right, we're connected. So then um, we'll look at, I'll look at some ways that have been brought up in the community surveys we've done mm. as far as some needs out in the community. And then you'll start seeing more, here's where we've been, this is where we're going as a church. Mm-hmm. That's called vision casting. And so it'll kind of feed into all of that. And then the goal is to not have anything once again sever our relationship. In um, this quotation that we read earlier before we began recording, we want to encourage personal devotions because mm-hmm. I believe that's the foundation to affect. It'll once someone leaves the church and they have personal devotions going, 
then they're connected to the source on their own, and they really don't necessarily need the sermons. The sermons are just encouraging them right. to, to continue that. You know, in the book Education, it said it won't be just a pause for a moment in his presence, but personal contact with Christ to sit down in companionship with him. This is our need. That was from Education, page 260. Mm. So as I think of that, it seems simple just to encourage people to stay connected to Christ. But that's really what's going to cause the change and the love quotient in the church to rise. Right. Well, the, the root of our problems is humanity came from a disconnection with Jesus yes. in, in the garden. It's the way that we started trusting other voices and uh, looking to our voices and encourage us to look to ourselves you know, yes. for what we need to so staying connected to Jesus, get, receiving that vital connection, not um, rushing through our time with Him, perhaps spending meaningful time, and uh, and it's, it's not something that happens all at once necessarily, is it? Like no, you know, we'll hand out a, a devotional guide that helps people, um, but for some people, spending twenty minutes on one or two verses is not something they've done before. Mm-hmm, right. And so that emphasis will be there to try it. For others, they want to read through five chapters at a time. Mm. And it's okay, too. It's just a matter of realizing that you're in the presence of God. And I don't know about you, but if I'm in the presence of omnipotence, I'm not going to leave very soon. Mm. And right. why would I want to just rush off uh, from that? And so it's the idea of just encouraging our congregation and ourselves myself especially to pause even though things are really busy just to pause and in pausing really you take care of yourself spiritually just the, just the, the act of everybody knows this you go to the gym or you go for a walk or you you take some time out of your schedule to do self-care mm-hmm. uh, physical or spiritual and just the taking of the time out uh, makes you feel better yeah. and then you get the benefits of actually that whole exercise as well so when it comes to spiritual things, it's similar. It's the idea of pausing. We pause every Sabbath, that's true, but every day we can pause as well, receive that daily manna, mm-hmm. receive that double portion on Sabbath. But every day, that pause, it brings about not just the peace, but like we've said before, the joy. Okay, so to summarize what we've been talking about so far, um, staying connected and to really taking the time to get to know God and restore that relationship so that we can one day be with him and prepare, help others prepare for the soon coming of Jesus. Um, in closing, is there anything else you'd like to leave us with? Yeah, I'd just say basically stay tuned because even though, you know, as a pastor, I'll sit down and say, okay, Lord, where would you have me encourage the people this year? And I plan ahead on my sermonic calendar I always lay it at his feet and say, all right, Lord, would you have anything changed in this mm. process? And the same thing goes with the plans of the church. It's the same way. And so I would say stay tuned, see what would happen. Uh, this interview we've talked about today, the direction we've talked about and outlined, it may change. Uh, yeah. The main idea will still stay there, but the idea as far as how to go about it may change. And I guess I would leave us with another quotation here. It's interesting. All right. Um, we came across it again once again this morning it says the workers can never attain the highest success until they learn the secret of strength they must give themselves time to think to pray to wait upon god 
for a renewal of physical, mental, and spiritual power. So this quotation, once again, in the book Education, mentions that our true strength, the secret of strength, is that time with God. So I would encourage everyone to spend time with God, whether it be listening to sermons, listening to watching them on the internet. But basically, that's good, but you really need to, to spend that personal time with God and the Word of God as well. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for this uh, new podcast segment. And looking forward to seeing where this goes, where God leads us. And stay tuned.